Today's guest is homeopath Kobe Nechustan from Israel. Now, towards the end of last year, I recorded three episodes with Kobe. The first episode was number 125, where Kobe spoke about the spiritual and emotional roots of our physical symptoms. It was such a fascinating episode that I asked Kobe to come back on the show, which he graciously did for a second time. And he spoke about how our food preferences can tell us about the true reasons behind our imbalances. So, for example, somebody who has an excessive craving for milk can actually be due to a subconscious desire for nurturing from the mother. And there were many other fascinating examples. Kobe then agreed to come back for a third recording to speak about the 12 life chapters and how it's important for homeopaths to cover these in our case taking to see if there are any traumas or unresolved issues in any of these life chapters that we may have to address. Well, as many of my listeners will know, I lost 10 of my podcast recordings last year. It was actually Christmas Eve when I discovered this. Uh, I thought I was being very prepared by being recorded for my episodes two months in advance and then, yeah, lost all of these episodes. So uh, it was due to a PEPCAC problem, which in case you're not aware is a technical acronym for problem exists between chair and keyboard. So I take full responsibility for that one. I've got much better systems in place and it definitely will not happen again. Some of the episodes have been re-recorded, but unfortunately Kobe's second recording about the food preferences was lost in the process and I I actually thought his third recording was lost as well, but we somehow managed to retrieve it, which was a huge relief. So that is today's recording. So you actually get to today enjoy the insightful Kobe Nechustan sharing his knowledge about the 12 life chapters. We did run out of time. We only made it through the first six, but I know you'll agree with me that we absolutely need to get Kobe back on the show to come and share the final six chapters because this was truly a fascinating episode shared with so much passion and a deep understanding from Kobe of what it means to get to the root of true health. So Kobe, if you're listening, my sincerest apologies and also my biggest gratitude for you taking the time to share your wisdom. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout, where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now my mum and your host, Eugenie Kruger. Hello, homies, and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangout. Today, we get to hang out with the lovely Kobe Nechustan from Israel. Welcome to the show, Kobe. Wonderful to be with you again. Wonderful. <laughs> so I am giggling because we have just had the most incredible discussion and I've realized I have not pressed the record button. I am so sorry. I was just saying to Kobe, in 150 episodes, it's only the second time it's ever happened. But now I'm even more excited <laughs> for our listeners because I can tell you there's some serious good content coming up. Also, Kobe... I want to congratulate you again for being the most frequently interviewed guest on the show. So, yay, you win an inflatable yeah. dartboard. <laughs> <laughs> Kobe, you have generously agreed to come back on the show and share some more of your wisdom with us. From what you've shared already in the past 10 minutes before I hit record, it was some seriously powerful stuff. Can you please share with our listeners the 12 life chapters and what that's all about. I'm going to leave the floor to you and the record button is definitely on now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. And well, what I'm going to represent right now is what they call the 12 life chapter through which anybody who lives in this world within the human race will have to go through. It's a part of a life dynamic which all of us share without any consideration whether you are a uh, living in a continent, this one or another, 
belong to this race of another, belong to this gender of another, belong to this time in the history of another. Everybody who lived in this world will, will go through this 12 life chapter. This dynamic is based on top of the experience which gradually accumulate around the years because of the clinical experience. It's a system which comes to bring into clarity some issues which are very, very delicate and very uh, time complex. When to prescribe, in which way to prescribe, how long to leave the remedy, when to change the prescription, when to not to wait or, or to go further and so on. All these questions become with a lot of clarity after you will understand the system. I would like to represent the basic idea of the concept. Uh, maybe later on, uh, some other times, we will have a longer time to elaborate more and to make it all th- through a whole uh, working system, how to make it into clinical usage. And let me begin. The first live chapter is what they call parental transference. The, the title of this chapter is parental transference, which means what kind of a life your parents have lived. This very this chapter is very, very important because all of us, even the Jesus Christ, have a father, which means even the Holy Ghost of Maria had a father, and also that father had a content. Nevertheless, us in human race will have a father and a mother, which means uh, all of them, all of us, having carrying in ourselves the content of our, our father and mother. And the main point which I would like to emphasize on this chapter is that the evolution of humanity goes through that dynamic on which things which my father and my mother could not resolve in their life, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, we transfer to the next generation with the hope and expectation that the next generation will have a better opportunity to take the stage of evolution to the next degree. Which means all the things which remain unresolved in the person's life will transmute to the baby, will turn to be what we call miasmatic layer, which means predisposition dynamic, which means genetical dynamic, which means the encapsulated somatization dynamic, which began on an emotional, mental, spiritual dynamic in the parents and become physical within the baby organism. So one example which many, many like that, but one of the examples which stuck my mind, which opened up my mind to see all this dynamic, is a baby who is three years old, who have a very intense epileptic fit, uh, received several remedies, none of them had worked. As a result, uh, I went to search about the parent's life, and it happened to be that the father in his earlier childhood had a very, very severe trauma, something which was terribly traumatic. It was so intense, that the experience remaining in himself without any uh, elaboration, without any speaking about it until this moment, when he realizes where he saw the connection between the epileptic fit of the baby, his own child, and the trauma which he had when he was a child as well. Mm. I advised him to go to uh, several sessions about this point because of this connection. He agreed. Once this trauma starts to become open up, soon after, the baby had what we call a spontaneous cure without any further treatment, which means the baby was cured from a severe dynamic of epileptic fit because the father treated himself. And here we see a pattern of one generation to, the, to another in which everybody among us within the human race is carrying on our shoulder some life content which does not belong to you on a direct and personal manner. It belongs mm-hmm. to, to the past generations. 
And the main thing which I emphasize about this chapter is that there is, should be, must be, some individual, some person who will have the courage to break the chain down, to be able to see and to notice and to bring into clarity the emotional, mind, spiritual, physical dynamic, which I experience, which you experience, which does not belong to me because of my own individuality, because of my own basic characteristics. I'm suffering, not because of myself, but because of past generations' content, which transfer to me. And I believe our generation has more capacity to do that, mm. that people will revolt against this kind of dynamic and we do a change. And by that, the miracle about this chapter, which I see again and again in many, many clinical examples, many, many clinical dynamics, is that if there is an individual who is sure enough, because over here it requires maturity, not to, to have any guilt or blame mm-hmm. or accusation about the past generations, and, mm-hmm. but to do the work because the work anyhow has to be my own work. Mm-hmm. And then to break out the chain, which is coming from past generations, what you see is the concept something which is quite miraculous. You see that you're gaining from your own work, you're becoming freer, freer, free. And then automatically so, your children becoming freer. Automatically so, your children becoming more with a space of growth, which is more spontaneous and natural. And automatically your parents becoming gained out of that. Which means once a person is breaking the chain of the first chapter who is parental transference, the children gain, your parents gain, and you gain. And this is something which is quite miraculous. And I will go to the next, next chapter. We should, as a matter of fact, this chapter requires some more understanding. Uh, and we, but nevertheless, because time it, I will go further. So next to the last chapter, what I call the, the life, which is called conception, in which way there was a conceiving. Now, why conception is a chapter for itself, by itself, because the kind of conception which was determined later on the vital force you're going to have, which means the, the potency of vital force, the potency of how much energy what will be the quality or the vitality you're going to have in your life is the blueprint, the imprint. The, what determines its quality is the kind of conception which was between the father and the mother. What's important, one, one second, sorry, I'm going one stage further to the parental stage. Mm-hmm. Whenever we see a clinical example, a clinical case in which we see a typical parental transference to the baby, Usually, it will be one of the miasmatic remedies, which means usually it will be one of the remedy, what we call a remedy for the miasms, which means carcinogen, medurinum, tobacolinum, psorinum, and so on, uh, which means the first chapter is more under the category of the miasmatic layers. Uh, therefore, a remedy who is considered to be miasmatic will be more relevant. Not only, of course, always there are more, more possibilities, but they are the main theme. In the next uh, chapter, what kind of conception was there which determined the vital force, how much energy or the quality of energy you're going to have in your life. Over here, the emphasis is the kind of conception was, which means, and here I don't enter, intervene uh, to which degree, you know, sometimes I get these people who come to me with these strange questions about, do we have to investigate what was the position that my parents... <laughs> 
I'm, I'm not aiming to that at all. I'm aiming to the basic condition of your parents. Were yeah. they healthy or not? Mm. Were they loving one another or not? Is this also where something like a that, rape or like an IVF conception or something right. like that would come that's in right. as well? What, what was conception was under, of, uh, for example, a violent rape mm. experience. Mm. What was the conception was under, for example, drug abuse? Both of mm. them were, were drugged. Or it was under IVF or all the alchemical structure right now in which it will enhance conception. Mm. All these will have a very deep impact on the baby's vital force later on, which will go to a life pattern uh, vital force. Uh, for example, a baby who is born from IVF will have a weaker immune system. And we see it from the clinical experience. At that time, one of the Kali family, the, the very majority of the Kali family, Kali Carbonicum, Kali Picomicum, Kaiserfolkum, and so on, will be more relevant. If there was two parents, which both of them were drugged because of their own lifestyle, both of them were under the effect of a, of a hashish or grass or wheat, you know, all mm-hmm. this, or a heavier drugs like cocaine, mm-hmm. or mushroom and so on. Or possibly pharmaceutical, kind of like pharmaceutical drugs as well. If, say, both parents are on antipsychotics or antidepressants or things like that. Yes, yes, this is definitely true. The effect of the chemical structure which involved in the organism while conceiving the baby having a very, very deep effect and will have later on an instable vital force dynamic within that person individual uh, case, which means at that time we will have to consider the kind of parental condition which they were Mm. under the conception and to relate that through the remedy. Uh, if both of them, for example, were under uh, drugs, at times we will have to give that remedy, which is made from that drug, to the baby or to the person, which is becoming later on an adult. If both of them, for example, were under, uh, for example, cocaine, we will have to take the remedy cocaine to give to that person mm. to take away the effect of cocaine from the organism and how it produces an impact later on in the vital force. So this is the second life chapter, which is to be considered whenever we see an unstable vital force dynamic within the organism, which will appear through a weak organism, uh, what we call right now chronic fatigue syndrome, mm. uh, what we call right now also epstein bar virus, mm-hmm. uh, what we call also a general low immunity, which is right now more relevant because of corona. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one of the things to consider is what was the condition of the parents when they conceived the person. Then la- a third life chapter is the pregnancy of the mother. Mm-hmm. Everything which the, which the mother is going through, uh, also the baby experience. Now, if the mother, again, over here in this life chapter, uh, if the mother feels enormous symptoms of the pregnancy, it will not have an impact on the baby. It will not. Even if the mother will uh, vomit and feel nausea throughout the pregnancy, it will not have an impact on the baby. However, if the mother goes through an emotional crisis, for example, like uh, an unexpected pregnancy, somebody, like if the pregnant pregnancy example, is unexpected yes. is a shock or yeah, or accident. These are examples. Yes, uh, I've seen many cases on female which went through the pregnancy and they have some emotional crisis because a relative who is very dear to them passed away. Mm. There was they had they. There was a divorce while she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. The husband, whatever, they don't, they did not work together, and they mm-hmm. have to break 
after the partnership, they went through a very severe financial crisis when she was pregnant and all this. This kind of uh, emotional dynamic, which is an abnormal and not natural for the pregnancy, will produce an impact on the baby. One example which I've seen some years ago is a, a person which came when he was 40 years old. He's 40 years old. And he wants to have a baby for himself. And he is infertile. He doesn't produce any sperm. So he came to the clinic to to uh, make him fertile once more. Uh, in the investigation, why he's not fertile, the story comes up that when he was pregnant into his mother's uterus, uh, she was very young and she did not want to conceive him and she uh, tried to make an abortion by any given uh, situation. And she could not. Uh, for example, she will uh, lift a piano. Uh, she will take a, a, a stick and she will beat the belly so the baby fall, will fall down. Oh. Uh, she will run She will run many, many miles to become exhausted so the baby will fall down. And she could not. At the end of the nine-month pregnancy, uh, she delivered the baby. And the baby, as soon as she saw the, the, the baby, she fell in love. She realized she made a mistake. And when he was three, four, five years old, she continuously regret, telling him how much she regret that she behaved in this manner. He born with a pattern that is unwelcome to this world. He constantly live under the feeling that he is un, unwelcome, is unwanted. As a result, he evolved a life strategy that unless he prove himself to be worthy of living, which means he do something, and that something is becoming successful, which as a result, he prove that he is worthwhile by being alive, only then he is accepted. If he is, does not show his worth, he is unworthy to be alive. So he received, because of this pattern, which is as a result of the imprint which was done when he was still conceiving in the mother uterus, mm. he received oral metallicum, and soon after he had a child, <laughs> some two or three months afterwards, Oh. After this single dose of Oromo Telecom 200 C, uh, they conceived, and right now they have two babies or two children. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, and for our, our listeners, which, that's the remedy that's made the, from gold. The remedy, the remedy was related to the kind of imprint which was planted in the organism when it was in the mother uterus. Mm-hmm. So these kind of things, what kind of... In which way to to notice in the clinic or to understand that we have a life pattern which is because of uh, the kind of uh, pregnancy which was there, mm. that's in requires some experience, requires some more elaboration, but we'll do it maybe some other time. The fourth life chapter is the delivery itself, the kind of delivery which was there. Uh, what kind of delivery which was there later on will, will have a very, very deep impact. Naturally so, if the delivery is natural, then uh, everything is okay. However, if it's not natural, which means, for example, an unnatural delivery will have an impact later on throughout the life. And unless, my experience, of course, whenever I say my experience, I say it in a humble manner because maybe my experience is limited. I recognize that. But nevertheless, so far, my experience uh, prove that only homeopathy can, can touch that layers in the organism when it comes to a life chapters before the person was born, which means mm-hmm. who are the parents? What kind of conception was, was there? What is the pregnancy? 
And how was the delivery? Only the right kind of a remedy, we take away a layer which is within the organism, which is before the person will go to this world. Delivery is the fourth life chapter through which it will determine later on many varieties of possibilities of pathological dynamic. For example, if a person is strangled around his neck with the umbilicus cord, and there is a life-threatening situation, and he born out well, but he is blue, and they have a time to uh, revive him. Mm. The baby is born with the imprint that this world is a world of danger. Mm. And there will be later on a fear, which is an abnormal fear, which the person don't know how to relate to them and how like to understand irrational. them. Suddenly there is, there is a, a panic attack, which is without any causation or reason. Mm. And if you investigate, you will go back to the kind of delivery which was there, and you will find that the baby was born uh, with a, a life-threatening situation on which the impact in the organism is, this world is danger. Mm. I'm entering into a, a world, that this world, I can die any moment. And then uh, we'll have to relate to that. Or, for example, another kind of a, a common delivery right now is cesarean. Whether and I'm not saying for it or against it. I'm saying what are, what will be the consequences and how to relate to it. So when I'm saying that, I do not condemn any kind of delivery. But nevertheless, if there are deliveries who is an abnormal, there will be consequences, mm. and you need to know how to face it. Mm. And one of the most common in our culture right now is, for example, another common delivery is to pull out the baby with a, forceps a, and suction. That's right. When, mm. That's right, when the brain becomes... Uh, mm. like that's a in this kind of a delivery. That's right, with yeah. a kind of a hematomas around the skull. Yeah, lots of bruising. Uh, mm. And this kind of delivery produces a brain trauma, which later on the brain will remember it as a brain trauma. And mm. many children who are born in this way will become later on hyperactive with a very, very difficulty to study, to memorize, and to work with the brain because the brain is under trauma. Mm. They also will have fears. Also, the cesarean birth uh, produce a very strong trauma uh, where the consequences later on in life will be not being able to face changes mm. because the change between the uterus and the outside world <laughs> happened too fast, too quickly without mm. the preparation, which mm. is a kind of a switch, a kind of a, a motion which is within the the kind of uh, dynamic of which the baby going through the uh, through the uterus to the outside world. Mm-hmm. If it's done through cesarean procedure, the kind of trauma which is there is will manifest later on in life that you see a baby which later on becoming an adult in which changes are not possible to face. Mm-hmm. So whilst the baby was being able to go from the house to the kindergarten and he is getting used to it, it's okay. But but the time of change are very, very difficult. And then if we will uh, look into that, we will see that it's the result of cesarean dynamic, which left an imprint this world. The change is unprepared. How to adjust yourself for mm. the new world is uh, happened too fast, too quickly, which as a result, it's a trauma-like experience. Mm. All the remedies which uh, should be considered in the fourth life chapter are remedies which are usually a trauma remedies, like for example, hypericum, stramonium, aconite, arnica, of course. Mm. All this uh, dynamic which later on will influence the brain, studying capacity, 
קונסנטריישן קפסיטי, קפסיטי to adapt to life changes, fears, which is with Anthony causation, all these dynamics will fall into this category, and, and the remedy we should be considered is one of the acute remedies of, of trauma, and how to take away still a traumatic effect within the organism, although it was from conception. That's amazing. And would you tend to use like really high potencies for that? Or do you do you just give whatever potency is indicated? Or I'm just thinking because I've just interviewed Jill yeah. Turland who does the mega potencies and I'm just thinking she would probably use like a CM or an MM or something like that to help remove that trauma from all that time ago. Or have you found that various potencies are helpful? <clears throat> well, it's a good question. Here, when it comes to birth trauma, I would use a high potency. In the very majority of the cases, it will not work. It will work partially, that means, but it will not fully take away the layer. The reason is that when there is an experience which is printed in the organism uh, for too long, the experience becomes physical. Mm. The experience becomes somatic, mm. which means the body cells are shifted under the dynamic of this experience, becoming physical a layer. which means uh, whenever experience tend to be somatic, which means physical, which means the body has shifted, which is with the accordance of the trauma, mm. uh, a hypertensy will not touch that kind of somatization dynamic. Okay. On the contrary, the lower one, like 5C, age 6, and so on, for a long time, for several months, we do that, which so- means uh, we give, first of all, for example, 10M or 50M, There will be some amelioration, but not full amelioration. And then we go to a, a low potency for two, three, four months to take away the physical deviation, mm. the physical somatization, which occur because of this birth trauma. Very interesting. The principle, is, the principle is that when any kind of an emotional dynamic or life dynamic at all is already right now physical, You should address this dynamic through a low potency remedy. Okay. That's very interesting. I always love chatting with different homeopaths and their ideas on which potencies to use and how they would prescribe. And somehow it all seems to work. So <laughs> it's very, very interesting. And just people's different clinical experience as well. And what's the fifth life chapter? The fifth life chapter is the fifth. Out of the 12, the main point which I would like to emphasize is that out of the 12, we have one third of our life, which is before we were born. Huh? Okay, so we have to consider that, that the, the, the life starts on the fifth life chapter, which is basically when you appear to this world. And when you appear to this world, the machinery of which you are born is fully ready and is fully prepared one purpose only and this is to fulfill out the causation why you are here to this world which means any person any individual have a very concrete reason why he was born to this world and the causation of why this organism appear and how it look like and how it lives what kind of a life will be with the aim later on in life determined in one thing alone and this principle is what they call the string of existence which means the spark of individuality which lives within the organism mm. which 
come to this world as soon as you breathe your first breath. And the fifth life chapter is that this stream of existence, which is the spark of individuality, who has within it all the life content you're going to experience and the life dynamic that you need to go through as a journey, as evolutionary dynamic, will encapsulate it within this kind of spark of individuality, which I call it as a title, the string of existence. Did you say string, string and of existence? And right now, yes. Oh, that's beautiful. I call it the string of existence. Why? Because it has a tune. It has a music. And it will be later on a music who will evolve into an individuality, uh, into a, a, a structure who will produce a life. And this string also has a content of potential right now living in the baby's body. And in the first one year, which is the life chapter or the fifth life chapter, we will have many symptoms that all of them are for one purpose alone. And this is in which way the individual potential, which is the single existence, manifests itself comfortably so, within that organism. And all the symptoms we will have in this one-year uh, dynamic, the first year of birth, which is the fifth life chapter, as a matter of fact, what they are, if it's skin rashes, gastric disturbance, sleep difficulties, constipation, and so on, all of them are signifying the kind of potential which will manifest later on into an adult way of life, which means is very very important, they say it very, very concentrated. What happened is, clinically speaking, if these symptoms in one year old will be treated in a repressive manner, mm. it means that emotional, mental, spiritual quality will not evolve well later on in life. And you will see it mainly in teenagers. In teenagers, you will see mainly the result of, for example, steroids or continuous antibiotics which repress, for example, the skin rashes or respiratory dynamic or other things, uh, which their purpose is to prepare the human organism for the kind of quality which exists with that organism already, mm. which requires some adjustment, physical adjustment, to become more suitable for the string of existence. Uh, and if you will repress them, the consequences will be later on in life as a personality crisis, sexual misunderstandings, life which is fog and unclear, dynamic in life which is vague, not certain, uncertainty about your sexual uh, identity, whether you're female or male. Uh, all this will be because of the way you are treated when you are a baby through a repressive mode. Mm. Now, the, I, I jump later on, again, this uh, chapter requires more elaboration, but I, I jump further anyhow to the sixth life chapter, which is in between uh, one year old to five years old. This is very, very dramatic life chapter. Why is that? Because in this life chapter, the main thing which is happening is the capacity of the baby to understand and to realize that me is not you. Mm. Which means the first time when the baby says me, which means he received the glimpse of what me feels like who carry the sense of individuality, which produced the sense of me, 
which is not the sun, not the moon, not the wind, not the temperature, not the physical changes of gastric motion and irritability of the skin and so on. And me is not my father, me is not my, my mother, me is not the food which I'm eating, me is not the pleasurable feeling from food. Mm. All this is a revelation in the child's mind, a revelation. This revelation is the first incarnation of the stream of existence, which at that stage, all the symptoms which will be there has to do like teething, gastric, respiratory situations, like sleeping disorder and so on. All of them have one purpose alone, and this is how to bring into clarity a distinct clarity uh, that differentiate me from the outside world. Mm. If, again, once more, if in this uh, sixth chapter, the treatment is going to become repressive, mm. like as we see a person going to receive uh, too long antibiotics, too long steroids, and so on, it will produce an unclear self, an unclear sense of self in which way the self is distinct from other people or from other things which later on the baby will identify with. And the result will be that this baby will have an unclear sense of self later on in his life, which will bring later on in life a lot of identity, lack of clarity, mm. which will lead into a life who is unclear, many doubts, many, many difficulties will appear later on in life because of lack of treatment mm. and unproper treatment, which was repressive, which was the repressive dynamic in this age means that the self did not gravitate well consciously and within the organism. Now, the seventh life chapter, here, when we treat the fifth and the sixth life chapter through homeopathy, even if we give a remedy like a chamomile for teething, for example, or even if we give a remedy, for example, like magnesium carbonica because of a, a gastric disturbance as a, as a result of milk, mm. all these serve the dynamic which I expressed before, which means even if you give a remedy who is without this consideration, but give the right remedy, it will serve the clarification of the individuality. Uh, and so it's not suppressing anything. So you say yes. the remedy is not suppressing, it's actually it's still helping them in their process of discovering, of their self-discovery. Yes. The clarity which I'm bringing right now here is to understand, to have a full scope, what is the meaning of what you're doing? What is the causation of the symptomatology? because of what they originated and also what they reflect. Because, for example, again, it's a whole system. I cannot elaborate it all right now because of the time limit. But if you take, for example, a skin rashes in baby, the place in the body where it appears give you the indication the kind of mental, emotional, spiritual quality this baby has. For example, if the baby have a scalp, skin rashes, mm. which is very common to see, the baby have a very strong mental capacity in its potential. If the baby have skin rashes, for example, in the knees and elbow, which is also very common, mm. the baby will grow later on in life in its potential, in its potential to a person who can move things, has the capacity to move things, to be the one who move the system, who change the system, who lead the system. If the baby, for example, have naturally so uh, uh, vomiting, uh, nausea, and and blood uh, abdomen together with uh, acidity, together with constipation. This baby born with a high capacity of emotional intelligence, mm. 
which means later on they will, you will see a, a child which is with a high capacity of emotional intelligence who will lead to creativity. So interesting. Means, but the symptoms we see in children, the kind of symptoms which they have, we know right from the start where they are heading. So this system is, again, is very wide. And here I'm giving the titles of mm. how is, what is the definition of each chapter. Holy moly, Kobe, you are once again blowing my mind. Um, so we've got parental transference as the first one, conception second, pregnancy third, the delivery or the birth is the fourth, and then there's the string of existence that's five, and then years one to five is the sixth one. Yes, which is how the identity is determined by the capacity to say myself. Okay. Uh, I, I see it as very, very important to say me, myself. Mm-hmm. I see it as very, very very, very important stage, and I compare this stage, the sixth one, to to the kind of flavor a person will have when he becomes liberated or enlightened to Buddhism. Why is that? Because, because the sense of self, unless you have it, unless the sense of self you have is unclear, all the rest will become uh, vague, will become foggy. Uh, and again, the symptomatology you will have in the fifth and sixth life chapter will give you a whole reading about the kind of emotional mind and spiritual qualities which are there, who is about to grow through a physical symptoms. And <laughs> the baby receives a glimpse, a glimpse in which way me is not the other, is glimpse that give the taste and the flavor of what makes me unique. And this uniqueness for this point, this point onwards, will continue to grow. And the kind of a growth it will have, the, the, the spark of uniqueness of the individuality, will appear later on in the personality structure and will appear later on in the capacity to become more evolved. And it all starts with the understanding that I'm unique as opposed to the other. In which way I'm unique? What will be the cl- clarification and the classification of my uniqueness as opposed to mm-hmm. the other? So this life chapter, I give it a lot of importance. Well, again, if we stop in the sixth life chapter, is the life chapter which I consider the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because from this point onward, the whole possibility for your evolution rotates around the spark of the, of the individuality, mm. the clarification of its uniqueness, what makes it unique as opposed to the other, mm. and how this uniqueness will start to appear through qualities which will evolve to the seventh and eighth and ninth chapter, who will, from this seed of uniqueness, it will have more branches more emotional, mind, spiritual qualities which will uh, produce a concrete life dynamic because of this spark of individuality. Mm. Why it's important clinically? Because all the symptoms which will appear in this life stage will be the attempt of the organism, the attempt of the organism not to produce a blockage, not to produce a barrier, Mm. take away the barrier of this clarification of the flavor of individuality. 
which means you see a, a young child and he have respiratory difficulty. He have flare, he have sputum, he have inflammation in the sinuses, or we call it uh, inflammation in the ears. All these would be uh, symptoms which what they really describe is the kind of individual unique flavor who starts to grow consciously. Mm. And there is a certain kind of physical barrier. can be because of parental transference, can be because of a previous life chapter, can be because of myasm tendency, mm. who produce disturbance in the baby's evolutionary dynamic to produce clarification. What is my uniqueness? In which way, in which way my uniqueness differentiates from my father, my mother, my brother or sister, and so on. And if you understand this, you will know better how to handle, which way to relate to children diseases, what they mean about the child, what do they reflect about the child, what kind of flavor of individuality starts to arise in the child, what is the barrier who is there, Mm. what has to be taken off so the child becomes more aware of the kind of uniqueness which differentiates him from the other. If you understand this point, whatever you're going to do in your clinic become much more deep for the point of view of giving service to this baby or this child who will go into an adult with much more inner clarification. Why I'm here? Because of what reason? For what purpose? What do I have to do? What is my life role? In which way to, to manifest it? All these questions become very, very simple if the sense of individuality is clear right from the start. And if it's unclear from the start, later on in life, there will be many, many complications. Because life is all about this point. It's about the understanding who you are, why you are here, because of what reason you are here, what you have to do in this world, what are the tools which you have to manifest it in this life, and how to do it. And if that thing is clear to you, your life are going well. And if they are unclear to you, your life are going to have complications. And it all begins in the sixth life chapter, in which could you perceive the sense of individuality, in which way you are unique, because what you are unique, your uniqueness differentiates from the other because of what? If you get this flavor, then the continuity is going to have a very strong individuality, which the life becomes later on with the clarity of the basic questions of why we are here and mm-hmm. what we should supposed to do here. And the symptoms we have in this stage will be for you the tool to give you a reading about the qualities of the uniqueness and the flavor of individuality and the kind of touch which you should do for that baby to bring him into this kind of a clarity about the inner uniqueness and how it differs from the other. The flow-on effect of all of this is just so amazing. If you can actually have this baby from preconception under homeopathic care from a practitioner like yourself that understands the bigger question about why are we here? What is it that we're trying to achieve in this lifetime? What are the questions that we are struggling with in this incarnation? And you can use homeopathy alongside these life paths, the the conscious individual that you will create from something like this is just gets me very exciting if we can have more people like that on this planet that have been helped along where all these, they don't have to grapple so much about these struggles of life. They can just go through it all with ease. And if there's any hiccups along the way, you could use homeopathy to just clear that path and get you into your soul's purpose of what it is, of why it is that you're here. Kobe, I should have well, known. I, I have to say, 
You go. Even if you are on the right track of your life, struggles will be there anyhow. But mm. ever, but nevertheless, you will have the resources how to face them uh, and how to handle them in a way which is constructive. Mm. And if the, the earlier life chapter w- was not treated, you're going to have the same kind of obstacles without the inner resources of how to handle them, which yes. means as a result, there will be many, many life complications. Mm. That's the difference is having that that inner strength and those inner resources on how to deal with the struggles. It's not having we're all going to have struggles in our life all throughout life. It's part of life. But having that <laughs> inner <laughs> knowledge and that inner centeredness of knowing how to deal with this, the inner tools, like you said, it's really what makes a difference. Well, Kobe, I'm sorry, we're just going to have to schedule round four because we're only halfway through the life chapters. <laughs> but <laughs> thank you so much for today. And once again, you have blown my mind. I, I don't know if I should curse you or appreciate what you've done, but <laughs> you're just giving me all these new tools that I <laughs> have to work with now, which is really amazing and very exciting for our practitioners that listen to the podcast, which I did a poll the other day of 151 votes. Exactly 50% are homeopaths and exactly 50% are general public. So I'm excited for our practitioners listening to this, that they are going to start seeing new possibilities and just expand their thinking of how they can look at a case. And for our listeners, that this is going to give them a lot of things that maybe they can consider. Maybe I should have a little think about exactly what was the conception like. Is there maybe something there? What was my parents' life like? Is there maybe some parental transference happening? Is there maybe something else about my birth that I've maybe blocked out that I should mention to the homeopath so that they can help when they treat my child? So thank you very much for getting us thinking once again. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. All the best.